Welcome to Lessons in Leadership, Steve Adubato, uh, with my colleague, Mary Gamba. We're going to be kicking off the show. Mary, all about small business and leadership, correct? Yeah, it's more important than ever, but yes, all things small business and leadership, and I might sneak in a little bit of entrepreneurship in there as well. And speaking of entrepreneurship, can you also let everyone know, before we introduce Dennis and Michelle, let everyone know who pays for Lessons in Leadership, our sponsors. Oh, definitely. I happen to have them right here, coincidentally. So uh, we have Veolia, our newest sponsor. By the way, so that's not you. a coincidence. She knew <laughs> I was doing that. Go ahead. Exactly. I always have them at the ready. You never know. Uh, then we have Prager Metis, Valley Bank. We have the uh, International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, the New Jersey Sharing Network, the Northward Center, Seton Hall University, and the Bacino Leadership Institute. Delta Dental of New Jersey and Kessler Foundation, and a huge shout out to our promotional partner, uh, NJBIA and New Jersey Business and, uh, Magazine. So how do you like that segue, Steve? That was very smooth, very smooth. I and do my I best. Will, <laughs> I'll take the ball from you and introduce uh, our good friends. Dennis Wilson is president and CEO of Delta Dental of New Jersey, Delta Dental of Connecticut, and Michelle Sikirka, president and CEO of New Jersey Business and Industry Association. Dennis and Michelle, great to have you with us. Great to be here. You know, I'm realizing we've had Michelle on many times. We've had Dennis on many times, but they've never been on together. Dennis, is that a fact? That is a, that is a fact. And, and yes, we are two separate people. So <laughs> Okay. Uh, so, Michelle, let me ask you something. We have this relationship with Delta Dental. They support our programming all around small business. Make the connection. And we've talked about this before, but let's be really clear here. The connection between small business and leadership is? Wow. I mean, you don't have small business without great leadership. Uh, you know, it takes, it takes the, well, it could be an entrepreneurial mind. It could be someone who knows how to lead a really successful team. Um, it takes a leader who knows how to surround themselves with the right people in order to ensure um, that the clients or products or services uh, are, are getting done, are being met and strategies or visions are, are, are being achieved. And Dennis, as Michelle lays that out very clearly and concisely in terms of small business and leadership, has leadership or the kind of leader you need to be to be successful 2022 and beyond changed significantly for those in small business? Leadership is always evolving in small business. As you kind of think about what small business is, they're fluid, they're adaptable, they're uh, ingenuity, all of that. So that's an evolving and fluid mindset, right? When you say attitude is everything, attitude towards what? How do you read the defense? How do you become more situationally aware and yep. in tune to the surroundings? And those are probably some of the key ingredients uh, to being a successful small business leader. It, as, as Dennis says, that attitude is everything. Attitude is everything. Keith Harrell, the book. This, you can check out our lessons in leadership library on our website. And also, does it take a lot of grit, Michelle Sikirka? Absolutely. You know, it takes um, persistence, perseverance, commitment, focus. I mean, these are just some of the, some of the attributes uh, that a great leader, a great leader has. And I just want to emphasize when Dennis was saying, you know, tone at the top. That's where it all starts. Right. If you set a good tone at the top as a leader, you're going to have uh, teams that follow you no matter where you go uh, and passion. You know, to me, the number one thing is passion for what you do. I always say when I get up each and every day, I put my boots on the ground. I'm super passionate about representing New Jersey business. 
Um, and, and that's important. Like you don't, don't ever take a job or don't ever try to lead in something that you don't truly believe in the mission of what you're trying to accomplish. Well said, go ahead, Mary. Yeah, Dennis, you know, literally everywhere you go, there are signs up uh, now hiring and there's jobs. It seems everywhere you go and you hear, oh, sorry for the wait. There's a, you know, a job shortage. There's, you know, not enough workers out there. What more should and can we be doing, especially in small businesses to attract these talented people? They're out there. They've got to be. I believe they are to get them back to work again, especially two and a half plus years into the pandemic. That's a great question. And before I answer it, I just want to put a perspective on impact, right? So if you have a 300 person company, you know, by many definitions, not a small business, and you're seeking to uh, hire 10 or 15 people because you had 10 or 15 departures, that is, you know, not catastrophic, albeit important and critical, depending on those positions. But for the average small businesses, business, which is around 10 or so employees, when you're seeking one or two people, that's like 20% of the company. That's a huge, huge impact. So those hires are critically important and those losses are even more important because to replace those losses, and this is the algorithm I've used, whatever position it is, count on 20% more expensive when you go to rehire someone. So it's more than just wages. It's, yep. it's certainly environment, it's attitude of owner, it's involvement of owner, it's the ability to bring on someone and promise them and fulfill that promise on, on development. And of course, it's always a great benefits package. Oh, they're um, talking about money. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Compensation matters, but the, by the reason I had my hands in my, my face and my hands is because Dennis, we have a nine person team had to fill two, Mary knew what I was, where I was going. We had to fill two key positions. We have done that, lost two really great people, lost, brought two great people on, but Dennis is right. I, I cut you off, Dennis, and I have Michelle jump in. How the heck are we gonna keep the best people we have, A and B? We invest all this time and effort in bringing on new people and you can't guarantee they're gonna stay with you, no? Dennis. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and as a matter of fact, uh, I think the Wall Street Journal, I may have that one wrong, but I do have the statistic right that uh, yesterday said uh, a large percentage of uh, individuals that have left their jobs during the so-called great resignation and gone to another position because came of back. either came back or are looking for another job elsewhere. What? So, it's like a, the stone in the middle of the pond. You don't stay on it too long. You use it to jump to somewhere else is occurring. Michelle's got something. I can feel it. We've done too many interviews, Michelle. I can read your body language. <laughs> highly mobile, highly mobile workforce right now. Um, and they're proud of it. And they leverage what, it. What do you mean? Because right now the employee seems to hold more of the cards and the employer is really at a disadvantage right now. Uh, COVID exacerbated this. Look, we had hiring challenges and retention challenges before, but COVID really exacerbated it. The whole remote work situation. Um, you know, unless you're a manufacturer or retail where you have to be, you know, in the building, uh, anyone who has the opportunity to work remote is demanding it. 
commanding it. And they're saying, hey, I've proved to you that I can be um, effective and efficient from home. So why do you need me coming into an office and taking the commute? And I want the flexibility. They demand flexibility. And they're, they're holding the cards right now, Steve. And so we as employers, and I say this to my business leaders all the time, if you're not leaning in, if you're not reimagining, reimagining and reinventing your, your business model, you're going to be left behind because you're not going to attract the best and the brightest. Stand to to just uh, uh, jump off of Michelle's comments here, with all of that um, comes the investment in technology that's necessary to make a remote workforce or a hybrid workforce functional. So you have to lean in, you have to have the right attitude, you have to manage differently. But you also have to have the technology to make it really work on both ends. This is crazy. We are broadcasting. We are recording lessons in leadership as we record our programming for the Caucus Educational Corporation, our not-for-profit operation. Out of, I'm here at our home studio. We built this studio, and if you could see it, it's it's amazing. And there's a library that I have uh, that we have that we turned into another studio for a totally different look. Translation and Mary's where she is. We're fortunate in that way, Michelle, because we can do what we do remotely. Um, and we've given up most of our office space. What impact is that having on the larger economy? I know we're not everyone and a lot of people do need to be where they are to do what they do to be in person. It's a long-winded way of getting to, this is transforming, not just the workplace, our economy, our way of life, no? Oh, absolutely. How we do business is changing each and every day more and more. You know, we're not going to see the effect on real estate for some time. Frankly, we're not going to see the effect of, of COVID in the last two years for a long time. This is going to be, you know, not one year, not two years, five years, 10 years, the implications all across the board of what we experienced over the last two years. I could tell you BIA, exactly. We're now, you know, hybrid remote. We, we gave up two floors in our building that are now fully leased to other people. Now you have companies that are in long-term leases. And so this is why we're not gonna see the That's impact of this for some time, right? You can't just unload it, <laughs> you've got it. So what do you do with it? How do you, how do you again, reimagine, redefine and reinvent your business model for the circumstances that we're sitting in today? Yeah, Mary, go ahead. Yeah, Dennis, can you talk a little bit, uh, a lot of what we talk about here is leadership and professional development, leadership development, coaching and mentoring your team was hard enough when we were in the same office, we could walk right down the hall. What tips, tools do you have for small business leaders out there in making sure that they're staying connected and coaching and mentoring their team members in a remote or hybrid environment? There are two different things, Mary. Uh, remote is absolutely different than hybrid because with hybrid, what you get is still the opportunity for casual interaction, for impromptu discussion, for face-to-face. -face. And, and by the way, I'm a very, very big proponent of, of some kind of hybrid environment, regardless of the business, if possible, if practical. Because I think there is a lot lost when that interaction is not there. It's a culture killer, quite, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, that's right. So I think that in a remote environment uh, or even in a hybrid environment, it's absolutely imperative to stay connected, not just with a scheduled Zoom, 
but with that impromptu call that should come early and often, with that uh, unexpected dialogue, with that, hey, I wanted to run this by you rather than poking one's head in another one's office, it's, it's, it's a phone call. So we have to work at this and we have to think about this because it's extra time, extra energy and extra thought. And the other is uh, we're fortunate that there are just a significant number and growing of development and training opportunities that are that are virtual. Several organizations have them throughout the state. So plugging into all of that, extraordinarily critical. FYI, our company, Stand and Deliver, does leadership development both in person. I would say 70% of our leadership development, our leadership academies, our our seminars are in, 70% are remote, 30% are in person right now. Um, but that being said, Michelle, real quick before we end the segment is this, we have one top leader in our company who had been with us for a long time, moved to Texas. She's still a great executive producer in Texas. Yeah. We have another new marketing VP who came on from South Carolina. Now, we'd love to be able to be with them and we'll have to figure that out at some point. But do you buy into Dennis's argument that, yes, at some point, you better get together. You better be in the same room together, spread out, whatever it is, because you can't do the whole thing remotely forever. Yeah, it's going to be an organic process. You know, I do believe in getting in the, in the room with the whiteboard. I do believe that when you can lean over and have that sidebar, there's a lot of value to that, especially in bringing up uh, the next generation worker, you know, mentoring your younger workers. Uh, there is something a little bit lost. They're not seeing your body language around the table, right? It's very different when you're just seeing from, from here up. You know, when you're sitting in a room, you're, you're, you're watching people in different ways. The engagement yep. is, very, is very different. You know, but I do want to say, I, I do... The whole challenge, the, the opportunity that we have, because now you can have a global workforce because of remote, has a plus and a minus also for the state of Where's New Jersey. Where's the minus? There's, only, there's a minus? Where's the minus for the state of New Jersey? The minus is we pride ourselves. We pride ourselves on our local workforce. It's an attraction for businesses to come here. We have more engineers and scientists per square mile than anybody in the entire world. Guess what? If I can start recruiting from overseas or even across the country, that is going to affect our competitiveness and we need to keep our eye on that. That's a good point, Michelle. I think also um, part of our value proposition, Delta Dental, is that we do have a local workforce for a New Jersey employer to pick up the phone, call our call center or interact in some way. They're talking to their neighbor, quite literally. And, and, and that's important and that's, that's value. I think it's, it's, all, um, it's all a balance, right? It, it's, it, it, it will never be what it was um, and it probably won't be what we think it will be. Um, we hired our last four IT uh, professionals from Oklahoma, North Carolina, Colorado, and Ireland. Mich Michelle's so, cringing right now. <laughs> I know. And unfortunately, they don't buy homes here. They don't eat, wow. eat in restaurants here. I wasn't even thinking that. Et cetera. Absolutely. The secondary impact, right? Every, every job has a multiple of three other jobs when it is in your community. You know, Mary, we think we know what the impact of COVID has been to date as we tape this in late April 2022. But as Michelle said, and as Dennis has reinforced, it's going to be years and years before we really understand the true impact. But uh, to, to Dennis, to Michelle, 
you are great partners at NJVIA, Delta Dental. Um, every time we talk either separately or together like this, we learn something new and we wish you and your respective teams all the best. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is Lessons in Leadership. We'll be right back after this. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by the Bicino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, the North Ward Center, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey, Kessler Foundation, Veolia, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine. I could feel my lungs fill with oxygen, and I got my life back. The sharing network means to me hope, life, and everything. The sharing network was a lifeline to me when I really needed it. We are an organ procurement organization. The core purpose of the New Jersey Sharing Network is to save and enhance lives. To honor those who gave. A tribute to those who received. Offer hope to those who continue to wait. And remember the lives lost while waiting. For the gift of life. Welcome back to Lessons in Leadership, Steve Adubato and Mary Gamet. Mary, biggest takeaway for you in that conversation about small business and leadership with Michelle and Dennis? Yeah, it was an eye-opener. I always thought it was a great opportunity to be able to hire remote people from other states. And I have to be honest, I had never once thought about the residual impact, uh, impact of having people out of state. They're not dining here. They're not I uh, driving and going through tolls and shopping at the supermarket. So I never really thought about that. So of course, I know the overall focus was on small business and how that's going to change and evolve. And uh, that's all true. But it was definitely an eye opener for me regarding the impact of, uh, you know, having a lot more work being outsourced to out of state. Yeah, advantage, pros and cons are just about everything. I want to yeah. talk about a couple of things, a couple of items. Um, and, I, and I also want to touch on this new book that we're doing uh, a follow-up to lessons in leadership previous book that we worked on together for a long time came out 2016 new book called lessons in leadership 2.0 what about the tough stuff mary can you do this can you plug our funders real quick yeah would love to so veolia i know we keep saying it uh today veolia we're is based where not in new jersey well it is it has new jersey well, operation but where's the corporate office in france Paris. Right? Paris. Paris, yes. France. Yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm not that with geography, but it's, yes. No, but I mean, it's spectacular. There are a lot more opportunities. So Veolia, thank you so much. Prager Metis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey. We just had Dennis Wilson on. Thank you for that. Uh, Kessler Foundation and the North Ward Center. And did I say Seton Hall University and the Bacino Leadership Institute? If not, then I'm saying it now. And if I did, I'm saying it twice. You can never so, say it enough. So can, can we talk about this? I've got a good one for you. Mary and I have all these quotes, these leadership quotes. Mary does this tremendous job leading up to today, uh, the taping. But I want to try something. Before we do these quotes, can I try something? Yeah. Listen, I read a lot of, new I'm still the only person who reads newspapers, 
but I don't read the New York Post so much for the content. It's just that the headlines get my attention. We're taping at the end of April, but, and people may ask, why are you bringing this up? So what the heck does that have to do with leadership? So I don't really care whether you think warranted or not, whatever. For me, the leadership connection is this. Uh, I, I have acknowledged in lessons in leadership and in other things I've written that my ability to manage my emotions is not what it, she, she's sitting there going, how's he going <laughs> to frame this? How is I, he I'm gonna... curious where I, 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 I'm just weighing, I'm curious. I'm just going to sit back. You do you. Okay. So my obsession is on discipline, self-control and managing your emotions. That doesn't mean I've succeeded at that. It means I'm aware of it. That doesn't mean you have to be a robot. Translation, in my view, beyond the craziness of, of that situation and the horrific situation it put Chris Rock in and the, his composure in dealing with it in real time, which I can't even comprehend how he did that. Uh, Will Smith did not manage his emotions. And someone could say, well, he's not, he's a human being. I get it. But not only did he smack him, but he screamed and yelled and said all kinds of things, profane language. Okay. In a, at the Oscars. Now, his career is going to be what it is. What does it have to do with leadership? We can't just say and do what we feel and think just because we're human beings. Translation, being a public person, being a leader, and he is a leader. He is. Will Smith is, you don't have that luxury. That you, don't, you don't have, somebody hits you, that's different. Somebody does something to someone in your family that you believe, yes. Now, if he, believe he had to do, believes he had to do that because Chris Rock made a joke about his wife, that's the lack of self-control, you say. Yeah, I say and I absolutely. know it because I've been there. Yeah, and, and I think we've all, yeah. Go ahead. No, no, we've we've all been there, right? We've all been there when you lose your cool, when somebody says something, they cross the line. You need to know your audience. You need to know who's watching and not to say, oh, behind the scenes, you could do things because no one's watching, but you are being watched by not only adults who are just disgusted by your behavior, but young people in our country are watching this. And the first thing that I heard in the news was it's going to be scary now to be an onstage comedian anywhere because he just opened up the floodgates and makes it seem like it's acceptable for someone from the crowd if they don't like what somebody says or they're watching Dave Chappelle or they're watching, you know, Louis C.K. or whomever, you're there because it's a comedy show. If he were that upset, he could have just stood up and walked away. And I actually almost wouldn't, I would not have even have been as offended if he would have just shouted and said, don't go there. Because at least then he's speaking his piece, but to go right to the physical nature of things, um, you know, I'm sure he regretted it the second that he did it. I don't know if he did or didn't, but do you think it does have to do with leadership? It's got everything to do with leadership. If you are in the public eye, even if you're not in the public eye, you are a parent, you are a friend, you are a son, you are a daughter, you are a, a grandparent. Yep. You are being judged and watched by others of how to behave. As a human yep. race, we all need to behave in a certain way. And that was unacceptable on a ball field. You see it all the time. You see parents go crazy at a ball game because, you know, their kid was called out or their kid didn't get enough playing Someone says, time. that's not leadership. That's just the baseball game. But it's all leadership because people are watching and these people are the young adults who are going to become adults and are going to hopefully be leading the world in a much more adult and responsible way.
That's so all I got to say clear. about that. I want to be consistent and I don't want to be a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. No, I have not done that particular thing we're talking about with Will Smith. But, and I've written and I've talked about this as not every situation, but years ago, we have a, we have a very talented producer with us right now who came back to work with us. And years ago, I remember being, when we actually were in the studio, <clears throat> we were in, the, in a dressing room something had gone wrong with the show as it always does because stuff happens best talented people stuff happens and i remember being really really peeved about something and i thought there are a lot of excuses and in my mind it made no sense that i did this there, everybody was in the dressing room was getting ready for a new show and this producer who came back to work for us who wound up leaving and i had asked her was this incident part of it and she said it, it did influence it her decision I remember I had a towel in my hand. Yeah, I told you this, Mary. Oh, yeah. I took the towel and I said, this is BS. And I, I didn't say BS. I said the full word. And I threw the towel down on the ground. And that towel got very close to where she was. Now, someone say, would say, like, why are you sharing that, Steve? And it's because I realized it, it was insane. It was a lack of self-control. It was a lack of discipline. It was a lack of being aware of my surroundings and the need to do the right thing. And she's come back and, and I wanna believe things are a lot better and I'm not, I'm a lot better than what I was, but my, it's a long-winded way of getting to this. You have an absolute responsibility, not to be a robot, but man, you have to manage your emotions, all of us, better. Look, President of the United States, what did he say, Mary? We do this in one of our leadership seminars. What did he say? Um, I don't even have the right quote here. He said actually to a reporter, what did he say to him, Mary? Uh, uh, the one that he called a stupid son of a- Because you're baby. a stupid SOB. Because mm -hmm. the microphone was on. Yeah. Not about Trump or Biden or, 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 or Will Smith or anyone else. You, am I making any sense here, Mary? You, I think you, you're making a ton of sense. S, your SH, whatever, you gotta keep it together. No. You need to keep, yeah, no, you have to keep it together. And I'm glad that you shared that story. It goes to a vulnerable I'm place. Mary, I'm embarrassed by it. And, I, and, I, and it's so funny. When my kids make mistakes, I say, you want to know what? You should be embarrassed by it because that's a good thing because it means that you are humble, that you're not letting your ego get in the way. And I, you know, I've said it all the time to them. I said, the fact that you actually feel this way is a good thing. It means that you're human and you're going to do everything you can so that it doesn't happen again. And I'm not going to say who that producer is. That's her place to say it, not me. But I, it haunted me forever because I thought, well, whatever. Hey, listen, a uh, couple quick quotes before we go. Yeah. Elvin, Elvin Badger, our director, is saying, wow, Steve did that. I'm, I don't really want to Oh, my goodness. I'm going to go first because you're looking and I don't want you to take my quote. Go so ahead. I'm going to go with Rosa Parks. And knowing what must be done does away with fear. And the reason why I love that quote I am often, I used to be, and not as much now, when something needs to get done, I, I often overthink it and I get that spiral thinking. And instead, once you make a decision and once you decide what needs to be done, even if it's the wrong decision, the fear just goes away. So to me, that quote was very inspirational. You call it spiral thinking. Who coined the phrase spiral thinking? Oh, I don't know. Was it Daniel Goldman? Nope. Hmm. Dr. Richard Carlson, don't sweat the small stuff. You're right. It is Richard Carlson. I'm so sorry. God you know what the me. name of the chapter is? Uh, yes. The, um, the It's something like the dangers. or The, the dangers of spiral thinking. Yeah. See? I'm on a three-minute delay. All right. <laughs> Hold on.
Ready for this one? This one. All right, you have to say goodbye, but you can get one quote in before you say goodbye. All right, Winston Churchill, success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. So I'm going to, I wish I can continue, but I ran out of time because I told that story about me acting like a total Um I'm sure Sorry. it resonated with many people, though. So yeah, yeah, and it wasn't just the person; it was everybody on the team that had to witness that. All right, so I embarrassed myself in public lessons and leadership. Mary Gamba, who never loses control. Steve Adubato. We'll see you next time. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, the North Ward Center. The New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey, Kessler Foundation, Veolia, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato. And my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine. I could feel my lungs fill with oxygen, and I got my life back. The Sharing Network means to me hope, life, and everything. The Sharing Network was a lifeline to me when I really needed it. We are an organ procurement organization. The core purpose of the New Jersey Sharing Network is to save and enhance lives. To honor those who gave. Pay tribute to those who received. Offer hope to those who continue to wait. And remember the lives lost while waiting. For the gift of life. Most people don't think about where their water comes from. But we do. Veolia. More than water. Resourcing the world.